Welcome. I am Cheryl Blick, host of Healing from Within and author of Life is No Coincidence. With me today for part two of our segment on healing by connection to energy strands of the universe is Dr. Eric Pearl, author of The Reconnection, a view of an energy healing system of both physical and spiritual proportions that Dr. Pearl is sharing with us. In part one, Dr. Pearl described the circumstances that allowed his once healthy skepticism of help from higher entities for healing and how he was transformed and allowed to have a greater understanding of universal life energy. Also in our last show together, we were describing some of the fantastic events that happened that made us both realize that not everything that was happening could be seen with our eyes. Some things had to be felt and experienced on another level. In today's episode, we will discuss the conditions necessary for true healing and the ways to alleviate symptoms, diseases, and other noticeable hindrances in order to achieve full functioning and a healthy lifestyle. Healing will be seen as the restoration to wholeness, both physically and spiritually. And we will come closer to understanding the process that goes beyond the technique to bring information from this higher dynamic energetic force and the true nature and force of the universe. Eric, let me tell you something. When I first became a student, I was uh, studying mediumship, healing, and uh, Robert Brown from England was one of my first teachers. And uh-huh. he, he would he would talk about raising our vibration to connect to this higher vibration and to receive communication from spirit. And I sat there thinking maybe I needed a hula hoop and and I could just shake it up to raise my energy. <laughs> and I, and I, it took me some time for me to realize that it really meant that I had to rid myself of my fears and my misconceptions from childhood and to focus on the more positive, loving, powerful, and, and contagious, oh, courageous truths of right. my inner. Well, contagious kids. works too. <laughs> but Truth is contagious. If, if you live <laughs> it, if you live in that light, then, you know, darkness can't exist in light. As long as you live the light of truth, it becomes contagious. It, dis- it, distill- it dispels the darkness. The problem is, is that some people will still choose to turn away from it. Yes, yes. You know, Eric, as children, I think maybe we had some similarities because I knew that all things were possible and there were no boundaries, and I knew we could create things, and I was easily bored, and I was answering questions before they were even asked and answered, and then they'd say, oh, Cheryl, you're talking out, and la, 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 because I knew that there was a sense of divinity or divineness in me, my essence, and I knew I was connected to everybody and everything in the universe. Now, at six years old, when you try to tell this to your mother, she just said to me, oh, you're just a sensitive child. You'll outgrow this. But I've learned, (laughs) (laughs) well, I did for a while quiet it down, but it came back. So raising my vibration, I have learned, meant only uh, for me and to help others see through how we live our lives as healers or masters, whatever you want to say. The titles really don't matter very much. 
It's just the joy we find in learning and growing. And to eliminate all this negativity and to embrace these higher thoughts of words and actions. Because that's the only way that the world is going to be changed and transformed as this energy, I believe, is here to do just that, to bring us all to a conscientious level as citizens and to raise us to a higher consciousness. And I want to say one thing else to you. Uh, I I think you believe this, too. I believe as we share with our listeners some experiences from our early life, we can see that our destiny and plan were in progress way before we were born. And I actually believe there are experiences we are all meant to have and that we come with a definite life plan. And for you to explain to our audience uh, about the beginning of your life and the experience your mother had when you were born, I believe will show this point very <laughs> in a very good way, in a very positive way. Do you remember your mother's well, experience? Do I remember? <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm sure we do. But I, I, I want to back up because you made such a wonderful point. And just to add a little dimension to it, I believe that one of the, that we are here to learn compassion, but not just compassion for others. Because again, we can't give what we don't receive. So it's compassion for ourselves as well. And in stepping into that. We develop compassion for others. In talking about the vibration, well, changing to a vibration of of compassion, it changes the vibration we emit. Ultimately, we are light, um, not just as a spiritual concept. We even know today from the work of Dr. Fritz Pop in Germany and others that this is the DNA in each of our cells emits specific light levels, and it's generally considered when that light vibration is dimmer or lower, our health is also diminished. And when our health is coming back up, that light vibration comes back up. And when we vibrate at that level of light, most densities, most things heavier or denser than light, which tend to include pretty much most of our health challenges, as well as just our emotional and personality challenges and other things, has pretty much very little left to hold on to. So if appropriate for that person, as appropriate for that person, returning to that perfect vibration of light, those other densities tend to just simply fall away. And the truth is, healing is just that simple. And anything, anything more complicated than that is designed to sell us something. Again, this is what part of what separates the teachers in the field of healing from the masters. The teachers tell you you need something else, you need something else. They tell you you have to protect yourself in this plane and that plane. They keep you in fear instead of love where healing resides. They tell you you've got to shake off negative energy and spray yourself with alcohol. They keep you in fear instead of love where healing resides. They say use this crystal and this amulet and this healing toy and they tell you that you're able to add to yourself and make the healings better, which in truth is simply saying to you, picture yourself as less than 100% and needing something else. So you live in lack and limitation instead of prosperity and light and abundance where healing resides. The teachers don't, they're afraid. It's the fear that limits them. They're afraid that they don't know 
how to teach just being without adding. They don't know what to teach if in essence they're almost teaching nothing. And yet the masters are the first ones who tell us that they're not teaching us in the first place. We're simply allowing ourselves to evolve in and the to be and to be the loving, dynamic, powerful uh-huh. souls that came into this world with with great knowledge. You know, I'm very interested in the children. I'm surrounded by children, and I recently did a show with the, a wise man who wrote a book, Your Psychic Child, and she suggested that the tendencies of all children being born now suggest we are all intuitive and connected to this higher intelligence and life force beyond this time and place. And that is where the healing is coming, in knowing we've who always we are. Been, and the children have always been. No. It's that the, it's not, you know, I, I know a lot of people want to say, oh, now's the time for the, the crystal children and the this children and that children. Well, the point is. We don't need those things. They've always been that. It's just now's really the time that we are beginning to recognize it. Children are placed here, you know, it's about perspective. A lot of times as adults, we look at children being born as empty vessels who are here for us to fill with everything that we know. And I think the truth is. That's wrong. Yeah, children are being, children are born here as empty vessels to teach us how to become empty vessels once again. Yes. They are born knowing. My little granddaughter says to me whenever I try to tell her something, oh, I know that already, Grandmama. Yeah, and they do. They come very equipped, physically not ready to survive on their own, but they have great wisdom and knowledge. And uh, I wanted to tell you something funny, Eric. We have a lot of synchronicity, and most of the people that I have connected with over the last 12 years on this journey of uh, learning more about myself and others uh, have very similar happenings to my own. So let me tell you this. When my son Greg was nine years old, he said to me one day, when I grow up, I'm going as far away from you as possible. He always wanted to be independent. And I responded, you must mean California. Now, he's been there 10 years. And I believe in the book, you also said you had an urge to leave New Jersey where you lived and get to California. So, Eric, do you believe there are places more suitable to develop innate talents and life experiences? No, there Not aren't. Really. No, there really aren't. And why I wanted to go to California was because I grew up in New Jersey. It was 3,000 <laughs> miles away. Uh, no, there was no one to control me or to answer to. And it was a wonderful place. Everyone, you know, you know, Hollywood, the whole idea. But yeah, no, I, I, what I found is, is that that's really another source of keeping ourselves limited and in, incomplete, you know, a, a, a false state of weakness. We feel that, oh, we're going to go to Sedona. And then we're going to be in those energy vortexes, and the healings will be better there, or they'll be better, you know, in Machu Picchu, or no, no. Wherever you are is where it's happening, I believe. Yes. Wherever you are. You can go to areas, you can go to places where there might be different kinds of wonderful energy fields, but you still don't want to stay in them because they're there to serve as reminders of who we are are and and reminders of what we're capable of, but then our responsibility is not to become dependent upon them, but to leave 
take the consciousness of that experience with anything else and own it so that you can give it away, not depend on anything. You know, you talked about my birth experience. And um, for the people who well, don't I know, know what actually, was. that was the most That's difficult it. chapter to write in the book. It was the second chapter because I had to work so hard with my mother on the phone to really try to get the words right. And there were no yeah. words that we have here for this experience. But what yeah. happened was that, um, and I'll do it briefly, but during while I was being born, my mother um, felt um, motors or heard sounds or motors going off in her body, starting, I think, at her feet and her ankles and her knees. And she couldn't understand why everyone else in the delivery room didn't hear them. And then suddenly she realized that if they got to her heart, she was going to die. And she was trying to get people's attention, but she couldn't. And the next thing she knows, she 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 left her body. Now, she a near-death experience, to, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or, or what I like to call a life after death experience right. because people who really had it, I mean, they they weren't near death; they died. Right. You know, um, in the way we look at it, you know. And my mother had that experience. The body. My mother had that experience also, uh-huh. and told so, me about it. So as um, as she felt herself leaving, she found that she was passing through multiple levels, she's multiple levels, let's say, of of consciousness, of spirit, of soul. She tried not to die because she was about to give birth and she really didn't want to, but at a certain point there was nothing she could do about it. And um, she, she found that if there were only, she suddenly understood that if there's only one regret that the people who transition have, it's that the others behind mourn them because they don't understand what a wonderful place this is that we all come from and that we all return to. And she passed through multiple levels of beings or consciousness of souls. And one, just one, I think it was the third one that she recalls that she passed through, was the only one that was uncomfortable. And that was the level where um, the souls were at the time with the people who had taken their own lives. Um, they were It was sort of like a like a temporary, like a holding pattern. She she was given the insight that that's the one and only thing that we can do to temporarily um, interrupt the overall plan, God's plan. It's, I said, you mean it's like cheating? She said, no, no, it's sort of like a, a, a disruption, an interruption, but it's the one thing we're not supposed to do. And eventually those people would leave that plateau also and continue upward. And she went upward and suddenly found herself being pulled or drawn down a lane. She was moving down a lane, which she thinks is what most people speak about when they speak of going through that tunnel. And all along there were beautiful flowers she had never seen before, of colors she had never seen. And she wasn't walking, yet she was drifting down. And there was a very, very, very bright, bright light at the end. And she was afraid to look at the light because she thought it might hurt her eyes. But she was compelled to, so she finally did look. And not, and it didn't hurt. She suddenly realized there was nothing physical there to hurt. She wasn't physical any longer. And when she got to the light... Suddenly her life was laid out before her, and she knew it was a good life, although there was no judgment, which sounds contradictory, but it's not. It makes sense when we leave this four-dimensional way of viewing things here. And she was suddenly 
imbued with the secrets of the universe. She knew why the grass was green, the sky was blue, why the earth is round, that war is a temporary state of barbarism that the human race is in, that we will eventually evolve beyond that, how utterly ridiculous it is for young men and women to go out and lose their lives fighting the political battles of older men and women. And, 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 and she knew it was such a wonderful place where she was, and everything that she knew and understood, and yet, suddenly, she found herself going back. And now, for all the fighting and struggling she did not to die in the first place, now she didn't want to leave, but she was somehow knew that she was being sent back because she had a son but Eric, to raise. She, she never, never forgot any of those feelings or visions or energy that she carried back, and she no. shared it. And yes. everyone that I've worked with, I've worked with Dr. Raymond Moody, who has studied near-death experiences, or death experiences, whatever we want to call it, for 40 yeah. years, and they always have the same. And to me, this is documenting and proof of the energy we're talking about, that we're part of, that we come from, that we will go back to. But I want to say we don't have that much time. I want to – we have so much we could talk about. I have barely, you know, brushed the subject matter here with you, touched it. But in any rate, um, at any rate, in your book you mentioned uh, that there will come a time when people will just be sitting next to people and they will absorb the energy and a transformed state of being will be shared. Right. And well, I what, know that's happening now. <laughs> yes. What, what happened, well, you know, like right now what's happening is we're teaching this because we who are on the planet are, we're, we're the vanguard, we're the people bringing this in. Um, and once we, enough of us are, choose, once enough of us choose to learn this, um, and that means we really have to overcome the part of the ego that says, oh, I can just do it automatically because I'm here. The answer to that is, well, actually, no. Part of the reason that we're being given this gift is it's as a reward for being willing to overcome the ego of spiritual self-entitlement and being willing to say, I've got something to learn from another person from sharing and interacting. And so once enough of us get to this level and learn it, that's when we won't need to learn it any longer. It'll hit, you know, critical mass. We'll pick it up from sitting next to someone on an airplane or in a movie theater. We'll pass it on to our kids. But, you know, for people who want to learn this or are trying to get an understanding of what this is, let me explain it in just a few brief minutes what to expect at a seminar so you know what you walk away with because I think this is important. Um, I'm an, as you know, I'm on the road about 45 weeks a year. You know, we're speaking from Serbia tonight. I just got here. Um, and we teach this work around the globe. And generally what happens is it's a two-and-a-half-day weekend. It's a Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. And on the Friday night, we spend about three hours talk about the history, the theory, how it evolved, a lot of the scientific research that's going on that that is trying to determine why the healings, the reconnective healing, are so dramatically different than energy healing techniques, why they're so, they seem to be fairly instantaneous and they tend to last for people's lifetimes. And we'll bring people up from the audience so our, that we can give live demonstrations of the healing so you can see the reality of it on yourself or maybe your friend. Well, that's what and happened to Prenta Bayarta. I came up. 
and one of your students worked on me, and I felt my eyes twitching nonstop and a pulsation in my neck, and I had not felt that before uh-huh. in any Reiki attunement. And I have been attuned to the rainbow, the Hawaiian kahunas and, and an Austra- uh, Australian teacher, the Seraphim Blueprint, and that was the first time that my eyes fluttered that way, and now when that happens, I always know there is a special frequency and higher uh, level of healing going on, and that's what I felt when I was on the table with you. And yeah, you're accessing that more comprehensive spectrum of healing that includes everything that we've been able to get through energy healing as long as we, you know, let go of the techniques, as long as we let go of the training wheels. But anyway, so that's Friday night, and we give everyone a chance to feel it in their hands. But Saturday and Sunday is different. Saturday and Sunday is a real working seminar. In other words, don't come if you think we're all going to sit around, hold hands, ohm, and sing Kumbaya, my Lord, because it won't happen that way. What will happen is I'll demonstrate a level of the healing from the stage. Then we'll go to massage tables and work in groups of two or four, depending and I'll walk around each table, and so will our international team of teaching assistants, and we'll take your hand, and we'll show you how to begin to look for and feel a sensation, and then as we do that, you'll begin to see other people's bodies respond, pretty much like yours did. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll start to show them how to see how the eyes start to move rapidly back and forth. Mm-hmm. Following that, fingers, your toes, hold on a second. Whole arms. I actually saw a woman who's going to whiff and um, and then we'll show you how to feel a different sensation. You'll see a different response in the person's body. You'll start to recognize when I do this and I feel this, I see that. When I do this and I feel that, then their body does this, and you start to recognize that what you are doing is having a clear, direct, physical response on that person, and we move throughout the room, we change partners, so you can see the variation in the results, we demonstrate the next level, we go back to the table again, and pretty much by the end of the weekend, I can make you two promises. A, by that Sunday, you'll be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing that I can do, and B, you'll be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing that any human being on this planet can do, whether they were raised by monks in a cave in a mountaintop in Tibet and fed grains of seed, each one flowing in in the beak of an individually hand-painted bird, or whether they moved to a church in Brazil and changed their last name to Of God. It does not matter the story. What matters is our willingness to transcend the story. I want to thank you, Dr. Eric Pearl, for a most open and informative look at this powerful way to bring healing on so many levels individually and collectively to this world which is now readying itself to make major shifts and changes and you have helped us to see how we view ourselves and the world. And for more information on Dr. Eric Pearl and The Reconnection, go to www.thereconnection.com. Yeah, remember to have the the in there, www.thereconnection.com. No, you did, but I'm telling the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) It's thereconnection.com, just like the book is The Reconnection. Yeah, you can go to the schedule of events and see where we'll be um, 
for those of you in the U.S., I think the next seminar that I'm teaching in the United States will be the first weekend in June in New Orleans. Doug DeVito, one of the three other teachers who are trained to do this work, will be teaching in Cape Cod July 9 and 10, and Kelly Woodruff will be teaching in September in New York City. Great. It's all good, and we're all learning, and we're all here to continue to find more ways to have positive thoughts, interactions, know ourselves and others better, and make this place that we love so much because it's the only home we have at the moment. I'm not saying there aren't other places and homes, but at the moment we want to make this place the best for all of us. In summarizing today's episode, we have examined yet another form of energetic healing from a higher force or source of eternal and unconditional love and the power that emanates from within and our innate guidance system and flows from above to continually fill our reservoir of life force. In becoming aware of energy, energy medicine, and the divine source within each and every one of us, we project our hopes for health and prosperity, which we all desire, and we will bring humanity closer to a more peaceful way of living and learning. We then stimulate and refine our inner being in this ever-evolving world and universe. I believe finding a form of energetic healing, such as reconnective healing, Reiki, craniosacral, chiropractic, massage, and others, Work to sustain the body for a good quality of life. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within. And to learn more about energy healing and psychic development and to hear other prominent leaders in the field share their expertise and their stories, go to www.cheryl, that's Cheryl, S-H-E-R-Y-L, Glick, G-L-I-C-K, dot com. Join us in two weeks when Ruth Rendele of Australia, an author of 